Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. Gospel reading from the 24th chapter of Luke. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and I see I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, He withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they continually, and they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you, my friends in Christ. A graduation marks the completion of something, but a graduation also signals something new is about to happen. There will be fundamental change that's going to occur. A headline that caught my attention this week as graduation season is upon us, including here at Faith, where 25 graduates are going to step out and take that next step into the world was advice I saw in a headline from Arthur Brooks. And Arthur Brooks, if you remember from a couple months back, I I talked about a book that he wrote called Love Your Enemies. And so Arthur Brooks, when, when I saw this article about him, it caught my attention because his advice was... Uh, about some some advice that's given that's that he sees as being terrible job advice or or advice not to listen to going out into the world. He is critical of two pieces of advice that I can be honest with you I have found very helpful in my life and I have used to explain to other people before. And so when he's saying that this isn't good advice, I was a little taken aback. Here they are. Piece number one, go find a job that you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. What? That's great advice. And number two, go save the world. What? Come on, we all want to go out and go save the world. It was a bit unsettling, but he had a pivot. He explained that expecting a job to be fun all the time is going to set you up to hate any job because sometimes work is hard. Work gets difficult. Work isn't always fun. And for the second piece, he scoffed at that to say, no pressure there. Expecting your job to solve all the world's myriad of problems is another recipe for disappointment. So he had two, um, two alternatives. Now, the first way to find happiness at work is what he called 
earned success. Earned success is producing something valuable in your own life and the lives of others. Do your own work and do it really well and do it with love and excellence. And as you do that, you will achieve success and find more satisfaction and happiness in what you're doing. I loved how he reframed this. Because sometimes work can be hard, but if we have a path to accomplishing goals and seeing that what we do matters, that earned success, that work will be the reward in and of itself. Secondly, he said, service to others. Do your job in a way that serves others, not just yourself. He said, deeper satisfaction from work will make a difference in the lives of some. It might not change the whole world, but it might help another person that day. What if the person that you come into contact has now been better served by the way that you've done your job and done it well? How can you help someone that might not be able to do something on their own? It's up then to individuals to take care of each other, says Brooks. And he believes that can be done in how we take care of our daily work. He said, service to others is loving everybody with your ordinary, sanctified work. Wow, what a great word there. Sanctified. Holy work. Think about no matter what we're doing out in the world, that it's this holy work that we've been called into doing. What a powerful way to look at what we've been asked to do, how we've been called to do meaningful and selfless work. It reminds me of a quote that's attributed to Martin Luther when describing vocation. He says, when a prince sees his neighbor oppressed, he should think, well, that concerns me. Now, remember, he wrote this a long time ago, so it doesn't necessarily sound as normal. So, yes, that concerns me. Like, that's a problem, right? I must protect and shield my neighbor. Now, the same is true for a shoemaker, a tailor, a scribe, or a reader. If, if he's a Christian tailor, he's going to say, I'm going to make these clothes because God has bidden me to do so, that I can earn a living so that I can help and serve my neighbor. When a Christian doesn't serve the other God isn't present. That's not Christian living. Our work is about more than what we gain from our own self-worth. It's about how we best serve our neighbor. I will be hopefully experiencing a graduation of my own in the next few months. I'm going to be spending nine weeks this summer at Fort Jackson as I continue to receive further training as an army chaplain, where hopefully in August I graduate. Now, one of the very first things that my supervising chaplain said to me when I began this journey almost three years ago was a reminder that service in the military is a calling, not a job. He's been absolutely right thus far. Especially as a chaplain, I've noticed that the work isn't always easy, and there's a lot of sacrifice, time away from family, learning a whole new army language and culture, and also dealing with soldiers facing really difficult crisis. But the language of call is not strictly reserved for chaplain work. God calls us into many professions and volunteer positions and family structures. Yes, I've been called to be an army chaplain. I've also been called to be a pastor. But in my life, I've been called to teach English abroad. I've also been called to be a husband, to be a father. I've been called to be a friend. So I think about how has Jesus prepared each of us as we have been called to do whatever it is that we've been called to do. 
Today, we, re, we are celebrating the ascension of Jesus. The, this is what happens 40 days after the resurrection. It's one of the most important stories in the entire Bible. And it doesn't even get its own Sunday. It's a Thursday celebration, and it doesn't automatically get included on the Sunday rotation. But it's a really important event. You see, the ascension, as I think about it, is kind of like a graduation day for the disciples. This is the end of their journey with Jesus here on earth. No more direct instruction. No more, hey, Jesus, let's go have some fish, and you can tell us some great stories so that, you know, someday when you're gone, we'll know what to do. Now what? He's gone. What are we going to do? Getting ahead of myself because next week we're going to find out what happens when the Holy Spirit arrives. He ascends into heaven and he's seated at the right hand of God. And now the disciples are told to wait. Your commission is coming. It's a graduation that signals something very, very new is about to happen for these disciples. All these disciples who've been learners are about to become apostles. They're about to become doers. They're about to go out into the world. This graduation has prepared them to go into the world to teach about Jesus, to heal, to feed others, to care for the oppressed, to debate and tell stories that's going to change our lives all the way to this day. That's quite a new thing. Don't get me wrong, that work, it's, it's very hard, it's challenging. It's not always going to be met with appreciation or rewards. Most of these followers of Jesus are going to be killed for being a follower of Jesus. Yet they go, and they do. And they find earned success by embracing the expectations that Jesus has placed upon them. I think the Apostle Paul names it really well when he talks about how they have to go out into the world and lean into their spiritual gifts. Because here's what Paul says. He says, there's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit, right? This applies to us to, the, to this day, right? There's a variety of services, but same Lord. There's a variety of activities, but it's the same God who activates all of them in everyone, all of us. And to each of us is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. I know that's Paul. So yeah, he says a lot of big words. What he's really telling us is we have a whole lot of different gifts And God's calling us to go out into the world to use them. Some of the disciples, they're really good at teaching. So go, teach. Some of you guys, you're really good at taking care of each other. Go take care of each other. Show hospitality. Show compassion. Some of you have been called to heal. Go out and do that too. All of these gifts are important. Some of these disciples even are able to speak in tongues. And that's probably pretty unfamiliar to us. But it's an essential part of the story that happens as they gather together and get this word to go spread the good news to all nations. You know, they're providing service to others because everything that they've learned from Jesus points them outward. What they've witnessed with their own eyes is a message so radical and so life-giving that the disciples know that they aren't going to go and save the world, but they get to tell everyone how Jesus did it, how Jesus saved the world. The last words that Jesus has for his disciples are this. He says, repentance and forgiveness are to be proclaimed to all the nations and see, I am sending upon you what my father has promised. Go back and read it again. This is the last words he says in the book of Luke. Repentance and forgiven are to be proclaimed to all the nations and I'm sending you 
upon what my Father has promised. We might overthink or underestimate what we're called to do. And these are just a few pictures from the last couple of weeks here at Faith Lutheran. Folks, we've been called to help people who have who've been hurt. We've been called to help people who are just really suffering from their own sinfulness and pain and point them to the goodness and love of God, to repentance, to turning to God. We've been called to remind others that whatever shame and burden that they've placed upon themselves, it's God who grants the forgiveness. Being called by Jesus to go out into this world doesn't require us to acquire new special gifts. It's gifts that we already have and have been given to us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has fully prepared us for what we have been called to do. Teachers, police officers, marketers, lawyers, caregivers, shop owners or artists or retirees or students or you name it, whatever we have been called to do, God has given us those gifts to be able to go out and do it. And most importantly, we're called to be Christians in a world that craves a message of repentance and forgiveness, especially one shown in the form of love. Something new is happening. It's okay. We're ready for it. The Holy Spirit continues to teach us what to do. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The arrival of the Holy Spirit, we get to hear that story next week. And it's very powerful. It's very exciting. But as we go out into the world this week, know that God goes with us. Amen. We hope these words will strengthen you as you live out your daily life. If you would like to know more about Faith Lutheran, leave a prayer request, or financially support our mission and ministry, please go to our website at faithfl.org. May God bless you in the days ahead.